Hi there. Welcome to Heart of Conservation podcast, episode 3. I'm your host, Lalita Krishnan. Stay tuned for exciting interviews and inspiring stories that keep you connected to our natural world. So when my daughter went to college in Haryana a few years ago, she was dismayed. Amma, there are no trees here, she said. Things changed subsequently, but it makes me especially thrilled today to have as my guest a rewilder who specializes in rewilding landscape. I'm speaking to Vijay Dasmana, a well-known rewilder of I Am Gurgaon fame, who has been hugely instrumental and successful in rewilding around 400 acres of wasteland. That's approximately 300 times the size of a football field. This site is part of the Aravli range on the edge of a millennium city, Gurgaon, near New Delhi. Welcome to Heart of Conservation podcast, Vijay. It's so very inspiring to read about your work and hear a positive conservation story in India's urban landscape. Thank you, Rita. Thank you for inviting me to your podcast. Absolutely, my pleasure. You know, just the scale of I Am Gurgaon IAG project sounds monumental. It's been a long and I'm sure a very, very interesting journey for you, but I'm sure it's not devoid of uh, some rocky roadblock. So could you first draw us a geological picture of the Aravli landscape and tell us how you started on this project? Very interesting that you use the word rocky roadblocks. (laughs) (laughs) Well... Um, this place that we are rewilding or we have been working for last uh, nine years is a rocky, hilly outcrop of Aravlis. Mm-hmm. And Aravlis, as you know, are the oldest pole mountains in the world, perhaps, and uh, much older than the Himalayas. And they extend from Delhi all the way to Gujarat. Um, some of the geologists believe that uh, when the Indian plate met the Tibetan plate, Aravlis were um, are, are in, in, under the uh, Tibetan plate. So they, that makes them mm-hmm. really long range. Um, yeah, so so this plate, the 400 acres you're talking about, which is the Aravli Biodiversity Park, uh, which we have uh, been working on to create a forest, Mm-hmm. Is um, is sitting on the northern edge of the Aravli, okay. and Aravli is uh, quite diverse in its flora and fauna. It has it has um, a great value in in terms of uh, checking the desertification that is happening on the western side. Uh, so you can see the pileup of sand on the southwestern sides of the Aravlis, and um, the, okay. the plant community, for instance, is also rich and diverse. So as you go to the south of the Aravali, yes, you the forests become richer and the moisture regime is higher. The rainfall is higher. The hills are higher. You know, just imagine Mount Abu, mm-hmm. which is quite a, quite a uh, you know remarkable forest. And mm-hmm. so you get in Udaipur and beyond to Mount Abu, you get nice rain. You know, much more rain than compared to what you get in Jaipur or in Delhi or in uh, Gurgaon, Haryana. Mm-hmm where uh, the northern Aravlis sit. So um, so the landscape in the southern um, Aravlis is much richer compared to what it is in the northern Aravlis. So um, it's it's hilly outcrop. What you're sitting on, what this uh, is Aravli, the rocks that you see is mostly quartzite rock, uh, which is formed after... Uh, Sandstone is metamorphosed, mm. and uh, so the so the top layer is that in the northern Arabli, most of the northern Arabli, and uh, the park is sitting on um, this quartzitic rock, which is perhaps uh, 1.2 billion to 700 million years old. Gosh. So that's the 
that's the age of the Rahli uh, Biodiversity Park. Um, must have gone through huge changes mm-hmm. uh, in the in this large geological time scale. True. Um, so it's important that when we look into rewilding, what time scale we have to look into. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. that's the, so uh, when we were given this, when we kind of approached this land for rewilding, we uh, we had to um, negotiate in terms of what we are doing. So I hope okay. um, to help in creating that geological picture. Thank you. <laughs> Right, yeah. Uh, Much more than I knew, so thank you. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, you're going to talk about how you you were approached, uh, you know, about and who approached you to do this uh, project? Sure. So I was... uh... Um, I have worked very closely with someone called Pradeep Krishnan, the sure. man who wrote Trees of Delhi. Many books, and then, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Jungle Trees of Central India, mm-hmm. who was in his previous avatar, a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. So he 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 has been a mentor and a, and a friend in this journey mm-hmm. and has influenced me a lot. Um, so um, we used to work together in Sundar Nasri, mm-hmm. uh, which was an Aga Khan uh, trust project. Mm-hmm. And um, after that project, project um, uh, was over for us. Pradeep called me one day and said that, you know, there is a citizens group which is very keen on on uh, working on some landscape. Would you be interested? So that's how the, you know, I got connected with Anne Burgaon. So they contacted me and asked me to visit the site. And uh, when, I, when I reached there, the site was really, really sad state. Mm-hmm. You know, you, it was barren landscape. Mm-hmm. Mostly, mostly um, barren, with no soil, gravel all around, and a uh, few patches of Prosopis juliflora, the invasive alien invasive species brought mm-hmm. in uh, around the um, late 19th century and propagated all over India around in the 20th century. Um, yeah, so a few patches of that, but you could see that. Um, so I, when I when I got to know more about the land, <coughs> um, when I read more about it and saw the site more intensely, we got to know that it was a mining site. There are eight stone crushers, so the rocks were queried and then they were brought to these stone crushers where they were crushed and then sold to Gurgaon. Mm-hmm. And you can imagine a picture where all these mines were being dug and Gurgaon was raising its stars. You know, it's mm-hmm. quite a, an Im- <laughs> visual picture for me. Okay. So that's how I got connected um, to Ayam Gurgaon. And um, when I tried to understand what was their vision, so their vision was to, at that time, was to, you know, just plant. Uh, they had a campaign called Million Trees Gurgaon. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so then I questioned further as to, you know, what do you mean by Million Trees Gurgaon? Right. And I, I, I'm, I'm not a great fan of this number game, you know, mm-hmm. uh, million, billion trees. Um, mm-hmm. It may be good for catching attention, mm-hmm. but um, but I, I believe in, you know, um, substantial change in smaller habitats yeah. rather than rather than just number game yeah. of, you know, millions and billions. Yeah. So I, I was quite, quite I, I kind of dissuaded them then, you know, okay. let's, yeah. let's, let's not, let's not, let's not talk about yeah. million trees. Right. We're not going to take million yeah, trees right anyway. I'm, so yeah. I, I mean, it's a superb group of, uh, of uh, uh, 
people with the right intent. Right. Superbook. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they were all ready to to question, understand, discuss all of that. That's amazing. So, what, we know oh, when people talk of rewilding or restoring or beautifying the community, you know, which yeah. seems to be the common parlance, but may not necessarily mean the same thing. What does it really mean? You know, can you just explain what rewilding is? Mm. Yeah. So uh, this term is relatively new and it is a convenient term because you know scientists use various kinds of uh, terminology um, but in in landscape terms i think rewilding fits in pretty well where uh, it's quite self explanatory as yeah, so rewilding um, and wilderness is the is the approach to the to the landscape treatment Mm-hmm. So what essentially rewilding means is that any fissured land, any damaged landscape uh, due to human activity or, um, um, is, is restored to what one thinks after referring to enough documentation, visiting forests around or landscapes around mm-hmm. and then imitating from the nature, recreating those landscapes which were damaged mm-hmm. is uh, in nutshell what rewilding is. You know? yep. So it means that you make a list of plants, list of, uh, you know, so you, there, there might be microclimates and microhabitats that you can create within mm-hmm. a larger landscape, right. uh, the plant community that you can create, like like in the case of Aravali, for instance, yeah. the, 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 in, in the case of northern Aravali, for instance, um, you know, the hill slopes are dominated by a tree called Anogasis pendula, mm-hmm. and that it's called bhaw. So, and in the valleys, you won't see much of bhaw where, where there is high moisture. It's, it's mm. now taken over by Kem or Mitragyna parviflora. So that's, you know, so every plant has a niche where they grow mm. and their association where they grow. Right. So to understand all of that and then imitate and recreate mm-hmm. the fissured landscape is what rewilding, I would say. Okay. Is. So that would, you've been an advocate for native species. So this is what you were talking about, uh, you that's, know, and also yeah. that, but what's wrong with uh, planting ornamental tree species in your neighborhood? I, I don't see any reason why ornamental plants shouldn't be planted. Ornamental is a, is a feature-oriented approach. Mm-hmm. where uh, a native tree can be ornamental. Of course, uh, like for instance, Amaltash is a forest tree of the Aravlis and Indian, large Indian landscape. It's, it is a forest tree, but used ornamentally now. Yeah? So mm-hmm. ornamental is not, the, is not worry for, for our neighborhoods, for our, um, as long as they are native. Yeah, so as what is truly... Yeah. our landscape. Uh, that's as what I meant. What is truly native? Like, yeah, so, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So, so for instance, if you look at, you know, uh, when you... Nativity is a very, very uh, debated topic because mm-hmm. uh, there are many advocates on, on defining nativity and there are many advocates who don't believe in nativity. So, uh, but largely what nativity is that there is millions of years of evolution that has happened um, you know after the flowering plants happened and <clears throat> that has kind of a symbiotic relationship with the animal kingdom with you know the plant kingdom has a mm-hmm. very very um, symbiotic relationship with the uh, plant king- uh, animal kingdom that you can see from what Darwin has studied and uh, so this millions of years of evolution or togetherness has kind of you know there is huge interdependence so species have evolved with time yeah mm-hmm. so 
um, what happens is that when we when we bring in an, a plan from different landscape, you know, firstly, firstly, where are we bringing from? Say, suppose a plant which belongs to Himalayas or higher reaches of Himalayas is native to India, right? Right. But may not work if you plant them in Delhi. Right. Definitely not work if you plant them in Delhi, and therefore it's not native to Delhi landscape. Okay. Yeah. But what so about a plant? I'm, I'm trying to. Yeah. What about I'm a plant from to... Delhi in Haryana? So, you know, I don't know. Yes. Oh, good so track. If it is, if it is, Haryana also has Aravli in it. So if it is, yeah. So it, it's it's the it's the it's the need of a plant. What kind kind of climate it needs what kind of moisture regime it needs you know there is a with the with the whole intervention of landscape community there has been an horticulture community that mm-hmm. there has been movement of plants all over the world you know mm-hmm. and people have moving plants from one place for for food for ornamental purposes and um, even for rewilding so i would suggest uh, i i mean in delhi ridge which was uh, which was planted up in the in the 20th century uh, was one of the one of the one of the leading um, earliest rewilding projects in the in the in the modern in in India. Uh, so Prosopis juliflora and many other species were brought in by the British to rewild the ridge. They didn't want to see a barren barren hill behind the uh, you know their mighty um, uh, built landscape. They wanted greenery on the hills and they planted Prosopis this this um, an invasive species called Prosopis juliflora. So uh, what it happened? What happened is this this plant became um, it's called Bavalia Bavalia in in Rajasthan, which means mm-hmm. mad one because it, it 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 just does not allow other things to grow. Mm. Very few things grow under it, like and it propagates pine. itself uh, profusely. You know, mm-hmm. so it is a very successful species. So everyone was in awe of this species, but um, what it did was it did at a cost of local biodiversity. Nothing mm-hmm. was eating it, you know. The, no mm-hmm. pest was attacking it. And when you say a pest is attacking, you know, mm-hmm. it's a it's a relationship right. between an insect and the plant. Yeah. So so if if none of the bugs are eating its leaves, that means something is wrong. Mm. <coughs> uh, some uh, the food is being taken away. Yeah. Mm. So so that's uh, that's so ornamental is not a problem. Uh, uh, exotic is a problem. Alien invasive species are big problems, such as Lantana camera, which is a big nuisance in all our national parks and sanctuaries. Uh, in terms of planting our landscapes with uh, exotic species or species that don't belong to that landscape, what we do essentially is, you know, we can we can we can keep a we can keep a, a bear confined. Uh, Himalayan bear confined in Delhi Zoo uh, and and uh, try to give a climate there, and that's what exactly what we do in when we bring in exotics from different landscapes. We 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 put excess water in them. We uh, you know nurture them and make them grow. So they they are heavy in terms of um, their maintenance. Yeah? yeah, some of the species are not. Um, many many species are also not uh, so heavy on uh, if you bring in from the right climate. But if you bring in from exotic climates, such as water-loving plants or plants which needs more moisture, if you mm-hmm. plant them in, on the rocky ridge, they are going to suffer. Right. Yeah. Or you'll have to provide alternative to them that you have to keep feeding uh, water to the plant. You know. So um, also okay. the relationship is not there. The, the whole when you plant trees, it's only for one species, which is which is humans. You know that it is pleasing to your eyes. But the Ecological function is it doing that ecological function of 
you know, are the are the birds pollinating it, or the insects pollinating it, or you know, whatever right. is pollinating yeah. it is the, you know, it's, is it part of the whole cycle? That has to be understood, and that has to be appreciated and used in the landscape. That's great. So I can go on and on about it. I know <laughs> that's lovely. <laughs> but I'll come back to your million trees. You know, I was thinking. I mean, you you did speak about that's what they handed in mind initially. And, and that's changed. But what was the purpose in your mind? You know, what did you think uh, when you started off with the project? Yeah, interesting. But when, 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 the, uh, when the group, um, I am Gurgaon, uh, approached me, they were very, very keen on native plants. It's okay. not that they, they, mm-hmm. they, they approached me because they had met Pradeep and Pradeep had kind of uh, advocated native plants. Mm-hmm. So so they, they held on to it and said that, okay, we want to plant native plants. That's nice. So, um, um, so the j- journey after that was that um, uh, we, we all went to forests. Um, you know, we went to Mangarbani, we went to various other landscapes in the Aravli and understood, understood the... Uh, projects uh, understood the forests. So um, it, it did take some, in what was in my mind, I, I, was, I was playing along initially, understanding what is there in their mind. Mm-hmm. And then uh, once that was um, understood, uh, I realized, is it sustainable or not sustainable? Okay. It, what, is, what is the vision that we should lend to this place? Uh, Gurgaon, which kind of, which kind of, you know, creates an impression of a modern, modern uh, city, right. has come up with a great cost, True. and it has been, it has been spreading its wings all over the Aravlis. Yeah, mm-hmm. the whole urbanization has kind of, kind of eaten up the, eaten up our natural uh, landscapes. So, uh, so the, so uh, somehow it, it, it. It felt that the vision for this place should be that we bring in, in order to celebrate the forests of Aravli, we bring in the forest of Aravli into the city. Yeah, I. And yeah. that was that was uh, what uh, excited me and the team. That let's let's work towards uh, towards uh, bringing the uh, you know rich Aravli forest into the city. You know. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing that you actually compiled a a list of 200 missing native species of trees and shrubs, climbers, herbs and grasses. I mean, (laughs) how did you go about that? You know, it's a a missing species. And then you managed to source seeds, um, you know, for a landscape that was ripped bare by mining and stone crushing and what have you so it is it's quite a i mean it just sounds so challenging yeah it it it, it was a challenge but um, let me tell you it's not a rocket science you know it's it's mm-hmm. I'm, I'm i'm not a i'm not a i've not got any any uh, academic training in rewilding or even in plants for that matter it is simple common sense it's not rocket science you know you <laughs> What what definitely it needs is understanding on where to look. So, like in the case of uh, Aravli Biodiversity Park, we mm-hmm. had records of the forest kind um, during British time recorded. You know, after that, in 60s, there is someone called Maheshwari who did who came out with Flora of Delhi. So there are books okay. which talk about flora that exist in different landscapes. 
So you pick up from there and do the ground truthing and see mm-hmm. that, okay, these are the species that, say, uh, Anil Parker is talking about or Maheshwari is mm-hmm. talking about or somebody else is talking about. And then you go around the landscape and say, oh, these are the species you have and can make out. And um, and then you compile your list. Okay. And these are the these are the candidate list for the for the landscape and um, yeah the bigger challenge is to source them you know yeah so when, when i'm gurgaon was starting the first planting first public planting the plants were to come from punjab and it was a big learning for us that the plants which came mm-hmm. were uh, were not the plants that were committed <laughs> by the person who was who was providing us oh so uh, there was a this, there was a complete lack of understanding of uh, you know so, so most of the trade happens in local names Oh. and local names are quite deceptive many a times okay know? so so uh, the plants that came were not not exactly the plants we wanted so therefore the proposal was to you know i gave a proposal to i'm going that let's create a nursery you know okay. we will get maximum hmm. maximum 20 25 species from forest nurseries you know as far as going to ahmedabad and udaipur and jodhpur you know we would only get 25 to 30 species you know but if we have to fulfill this uh, this vision of creating the forest we will have to create our own nursery and that's where we begin we gonna begin our journey of uh, of creating nursery right and you started this in 2011 uh, 11 i think and then when did you start planting so 11 we did a little bit of planting okay uh, we we could source in, in the end um, end of our Uh, monsoon season we were able to source some plants from jodhpur mm-hmm. and some plants from uh, udaipur i made some trips to jodhpur and udaipur and picked up plants like and some and guys we were lucky in getting some of the plants and uh, we were able to plant in 2011 okay yeah so yeah but the nursery was also started in 2011 and we and we were lucky we got support from the nursery and we um year on year basis like i remember first year we were able to grow only close to 35 species then second year went on to 58 odd species then 85 then 130 and then 160 you know so it it is quite interesting journey to yeah <laughs> to sounds like raising a family <laughs> yeah, absolutely 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 <laughs> Like <laughs> so what was your strategy i mean you know for landscaping um, uh, with all these different species from different places and uh, did you i know you you experienced in this so was it easy or did you have to do a lot of research and you know and also how did you fund or manage irrigation on such a large scale it's huge so uh, i'll tell you the details mm-hmm. uh, firstly when we made the list we also bounced it with some uh, people who were like pradeep for instance right. he, he he reviewed the list and he said oh perfect and he says this species should be there not there you know so he gave his comments okay. on it um, so uh, once we had done our species um, list it is it was important um so as i told you that i took the team to different forests in the mm-hmm. ravis and that was the that was a time to look at the landscape and learn from it you know mm-hmm. that where is a plant growing how is it growing what is the you know uh, nature of its association um and 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 that that is essentially the gardening element of uh, rewilding comes in where you look at uh, and you have to imitate the best that is available you know in terms of 
succession in terms of um, so um, like best of the forest even if mm-hmm. you travel in the northern Aravli like in Sariska for instance the top canopy would be of Boswellia serrata and its companion species um, that is salai it's called locally salai or mm-hmm. Indian frankincense mm-hmm. and uh, so you, the top of the hills you will you know uh, you will on the brows of the hill and the steepest slope of the uh, hill you will find uh, this Indian frankincense and then we, there would be some associates that you will find on the on the platform that Aravli uh, mostly uh, that you in some of the Aravli hills you'll get uh, such as Lanya Koramandalika or, or you know the ghost tree that's quite common all over the Indian Peninsula mm-hmm. uh, and many other species. Very steep slopes, you know, where mm-hmm. runoff is very high, mm-hmm. you will find Anogaisis pendula or thaw tree. And uh, in the valleys, the composition is different, which is dominated by plants which, are, you know, love more moisture and has a thicker canopy. So, uh, you know, so there are these niches where different plants grow, you know. Mm-hmm. So there are generalists also, there are specialists also. So like Dho is a specialist, there are generalists which will also grow on the slopes, but also grow in the valleys. I like that so term. There, <laughs> <laughs> then, then, then there are plants which are colonizers, then there are plants which don't like competition. You know, there are, You're talking about so plants, different. right? Not people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not people, not plants. Okay. plants you know? and, and it's so fascinating to look into the plant world <laughs> from this lens, you know, yeah. how plants behave. So, yeah, so basically making these notes, observation, mm-hmm. and uh, imitating them in the landscape was what we did okay. in, the, in, the, in the Arabi Biodiversity Park. So, wherever we got the opportunity of planting. Boswellia uh, mm. and frankincense uh, uh, forest. We created that. Okay. Um, the the uh, the obvious choice is that okay, you know, it's too small a landscape uh, to create ma- very many uh, pockets of diversity. But um, we did plan it out that okay, mm-hmm. these few hills will make as Boswellia or. Indian frankincense forest. These few hills will leave it as uh, as Dhaw um, forest. Um, these rocky cliffs we want to showcase, you know, certain uh, mm-hmm. plants that are otherwise not seen, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, ghost tree coming out of you know these cut uh, uh, cut rock faces by mining, mm-hmm. um, and they became fabulously successful. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we got ficus mollis, which is a uh, rock loving uh, fig. Oh. Uh, and and, and uh, it's also covering some of the rocky cliffs that you uh, that you see in the okay. uh, biodiversity park. So it was it was imagination, it was imitation, it was you know a little bit playing around with the with the species and its mm-hmm. diversity, but never going um, going beyond the niches that we have um, that we observe, you know. Wow. So, so valleys have different characters, but valleys have a, a set of species, you know. Okay. So, uh, you you never planted a uh, species which which is in the valleys or which loves valleys in the hilltops. Mm-hmm. So that's that's how we worked on it. 
and um, yeah and fairly successful i would say because yeah it looks amazing huge, the photographs and yeah huge uh, uh, you know success and because I, I let me tell you that no one was growing anogasis pendula or uh, even uh, uh, indian frankincense and when we grew in 2012 mm-hmm. they were like 6 inches 8 inches when we had to plant them mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, when we planted them first thing was uh, first thing that we noticed was they were uh, eaten up, you know, oh. within a within, within a couple of days because <laughs> Neil guy, the, the, ah, okay. they loved all the native plants that we planted, uh, with an exception of uh, Arusa. Uh, every other plant was eaten <laughs> by Neil guy. Oh gosh! And, and the cattle that used to graze in the park. Oh right. So we had to build up build up uh, strategies out how mm-hmm. to protect these yeah that we were planting you know yeah. today we are planting that we can plant you know a, a six feet tall plant but um, then it was a big challenge there you know? yeah. uh, and at the landscape landscape does not transform if you plant six inch eight inch or one foot mm-hmm. tall plant you know and on a rocky outcrop uh, it will take some time the plant will invest all its energy into the root system mm-hmm. uh, to find the cracks, right cracks where the, there is moisture and yeah, sustain to establish, itself. Yeah, so, uh, establish itself and survive. That's uh, that's the strategy of plants in the the rocky habitat. So, wow. uh, so it won't throw its energy into you know growing big. Mm-hmm. And once its root zones are secured, it's you know it has anchored itself well. Mm. Then it will invest into. So what we saw in like from 2012 onwards or 11 and 12 onwards, uh, on uh, by 2015, people used to question us. You know, kya kar rahe ho? Kya kar rahe? Kuch nahi dikh raha hai. Kuch nahi dikh raha hai. You know. <laughs> Fifteen onwards, suddenly there was a jump in the plants and their response to monsoon, and you you saw a huge growth in the in the in the in the plants and the forest kind of that in 2015 we got a sense of forest we got okay. a sense of you know what we have planted all these years yeah, they were short <laughs> so it was a it was a great moment of delight lovely could you just very briefly tell me how you you know funded this whole thing uh, yeah, this yeah. Whole so thing? i i am gurgaon is uh, the composition of i am gurgaon so the the two founders uh, latika tukral and swanzal uh, kak they they are you know all the people are from gurgaon mm-hmm. but uh, uh, like latika was a banker Ex-banker Swanzel is a practicing architect, um, and they they have a big network in Gurgaon as well. So initially, the funding funding you know they, they have a they had a model of uh, plant you plant a tree and you pay us for the for planting a tree. You can come and plant the tree. So they were charging mm-hmm. money for that, and they convinced their family members, their you know uh, their familiar corporates to come and plant. And individuals and groups supported it first year. Okay. And when the when the word went around that I am Gurgaon is planting and uh, you could pay and plant, you could also plant without paying because there mm-hmm. are many days which were kept for public planting, which was not paid planting. Yeah. Uh, so it caught on. It caught on with the with the corporate world of Gurgaon. So there was a commissioner called uh, Rajpal, Sudhir Rajpal, who who gave the idea that let's involve corporates in rewilding this place. Yeah. And um, I am Gurgaon uh, took that idea very seriously and took it, um, you know, in a, in a different direction, very, very uh, innovative direction. Mm-hmm. And they got, uh, as of today, we have amazing, I mean, close to 50 plus corporates coming and planting at the park. 
That's uh, huge. I mean, for them to be involved is, uh, to get them involved is, I think, quite an achievement. Yes, itself. yes. Yeah. and one, one of the benefits is that we were, we were in, you know, we were between Gurgaon and Delhi. We were in a very prime spot. Mm -hmm. So that, that visibility was very high. Oh, okay. uh, but uh, I'm is very good in, in, in engaging the volunteers, their employees come and plant, the corporate employees come and plant. I'm going to engage with them, you know, tell them what we are doing, why we are doing. And then, uh, you know, everybody who came to plant was affected by it, you know. They, 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 it realized, they would realize that they are making a difference by doing yeah. something like this. So, uh, and then next year onwards, it became very, very easy for, for uh, funding. Okay. And, um, uh, I guess people took pride in it also, even the corporates that were around perhaps and the people... You know, uh, I guess they took pride in what they were doing and what we're doing together, and they could see that's what right. was happening to the to the community. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So that's, that's positive. Right. <laughs> very, very positive. Very positive. But it very wasn't positive. always so, right? Because uh, it started in 2000. The IAG uh, start, proposal started as a biodiversity park, water conservation zone and recreation area in 2011. And then in 12, 2012, a plan was officially put in place to convert it into a city forest. Am I right? And then right. And um, they have up to two, uh, 2020 to implement these plants. But in 2013, there was talk of creating a wellness center and spa inside the park. Now, how did you keep the, that how did you keep this project from derailing and yeah. how did you keep your sanity? Uh, yeah, I think this is a very important question and this is very important that your audience listens to this because, uh, this, you know, um, I had experience of working with conservation organizations before mm -hmm. and for us MOUs or Memorandum of Understanding with a government agency or whoever you were working with was very, very important. But when I came and joined the initiative of I Am Gurgaon, Mm -hmm. I learned very soon that they don't have an MOU with the mm. government. So they were all in kindness, all in uh, good intention. They were going ahead and planting without having an MOU with the government. Mm -hmm. So I pushed, I pushed um, uh, Iron to, you know, have an MOU in place. And, uh, you know, they, they, they were quite, it was very interesting, very sweet also, because they, they believe that, you know, they're not doing anything wrong. And there is no, mm -hmm. uh, there is no issue. There shouldn't be any issue because they are doing, Something Good, yeah. uh, important for the city, and why is the need for MOU? Well, as I said before, uh, it's very, very vibrant group and very uh, open group. They uh, looked into it, and we pushed for MOU, and we got an MOU in 2012 that we should create this into a forest, Aravli forest, showcasing flora of Aravlis, and make it into a recharge ground, uh, water recharge zone, and an educational place. So that's uh, that's uh, what got ratified in the uh, Municipal Corporation of Gurgaon. But you know, Municipal Corporation Gurgaon is a is an interesting place. Uh, with you know, it is run by the commissioner. Of course, it has a council, but the main person who leads it is the commissioner, who is an uh, who is uh, mostly an IS officer. Mm -hmm. And uh, it depends on uh, how he is perceiving that place. You know. How so? A lot of education went into, um, uh, a lot of energy went into educating the commissioners who came in, 
and uh, buying in their buying in was very important mm-hmm. in the vision of the park you know uh, so yeah while it was it was envisioned as a as a aravalli forest showcasing flora of aravallis um you know there there would be in uh, there would be you know a mayor for instance i think um at one point went to uh, singapore and he was very fascinated by by you know that night safari there and came here and said that why can't we create a night safari here you know in this <laughs> so um then other time someone one commissioner came and he said uh, oh this is such a barren landscape um why don't we create a crocodile park here another oh, time goodness. another person came and he said uh, they suggested why not to create a uh, you know a health and spa and what not you know so all, all all that all that was happening because the plants were not showing up you know oh. as i told you before right. they were very young Next they time. were very uh when they were planted and the landscape is very harsh you know the rocky landscape so um and things changed from 2015 mm-hmm. onwards you know uh, no more such ideas were in fact you know in later years like last two years mm-hmm. we have been in last two three years we have been getting good response from the from the municipal corporation and uh, where they now see that this place is now now uh, getting visibility and it's doing pretty well yeah. in fact uh, forest department got a study done uh, by uh, through IUCN oh, yeah and and they applauded the work that has got done in the park yeah that is my next uh, question you know what has the transformation been ecologically uh, mm. you know so could you speak about that yeah sure so um so let me let me also tell you that you know uh, the thing difficult things are were not just this these you know that right. uh, what is the head of the organization right. thinking uh, or what is what are the influential people talking about it was also from the locals around you sure so this traditionally or uh, in the past this was a common land of the village uh. and um, so while the village had sold its land and people were getting richer and uh, i often often <laughs> i often say this you know that people who were grazing in the park were now bringing their dogs for the walk in the park <laughs> so there was a huge transformation while you know uh, not all of them of course but mm-hmm. many of them were getting richer by selling land uh, in Nathapur village um, but um, there was a huge grazing pressure in the park and mm-hmm. not from the Nathapur village people coming from Rajasthan people coming oh. sending cattle from Ayanagar various other villages you know it was a right. big big track of land which was uh, open to uh, open for all so uh, cattle grazing was one big issue uh, we had to negotiate with the villagers and say that okay let's divide the park into two halves one half we want to strictly protect we want mm-hmm. to protect the plants from any kind of cattle and coming in and the second half is open for grazing so okay. we had different strategies for you know and it came about not in first year itself it came about a lot of negotiation you know a lot of questioning a sure. uh, uh, lot of uh, interaction with the villagers and uh, when we when we divided the park in two halves uh, the first half started showing uh, improvement and the second half of course was not so well doing not so well you know uh, but uh, with time things have changed uh, people have started appreciating it and we were able to kind of uh, uh, convince that cattle grazing is not nice then there was a there was a delhi builder wall which also helped the cattle coming from delhi side was stopped then grazing uh, not not just grazing but uh, grass cutting grass cutting so, yeah, yeah. so villages you know there are three villages which which used mm-hmm. to which used to come and cut grass here 
So we again had to negotiate with them that, okay, cut from one half and not from the other half. And they would often ask, you know, what is wrong? What is wrong with our cutting grass? You know, it is not a desirable thing. We are not cutting your trees. So, so you had to go through the path of educating them that, you know, grasses are important. And of course, it is not easy to convince, you know, someone yeah. who, who has been doing it for um, many many years that that grass how can how can grasses be important for you know a park so uh, those were those were important challenges there was a challenge of perception there was a media campaign mm-hmm. which was against uh, the work that we had done really was, uh, what were they saying <laughs> consistently reporting consistently nothing is happening nothing is happening oh. nothing is happening no one would come to you and say show us what you have done mm-hmm. they would just report that nothing is happening. Okay. So that, that was another big challenge for us. Uh, I think the physical act of rewilding was the more easiest, I think, <laughs> in retrospect. Yeah. Uh, all these uh, human problems were much bigger. Uh, there's huge uh, real estate stake on the mm. land. You know, uh, Haryana government, as you know, have been very reluctant in declaring uh, or protecting Arabis, uh, there is huge real estate pressure. You know, the, um, so all that was playing around. You know, so, um, in in the Arabi biodiversity park as well as in the larger okay. Arabi uh, landscape. Wow. So I think I have highlighted the problems broadly. Yeah. Irrigation, of course, irrigation was oh, yeah. a <laughs> challenge. It, it, but the good thing about irrigation is that all that when you plant native species in right. Uh, season in right right niches Mm -hmm. then you don't have to irrigate them too much Mm -hmm. you don't have to irrigate much so we 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 irrigate only when it is necessary extremely necessary we irrigate them and uh, we don't irrigate them after the third year and lately we have realized that certain species don't even need irrigation more than one year so it's self-sustaining then yeah it's self-sustaining of course the growth will be reduced but that's better for the plant because as I told you the plants are investing all their energy into the root zone root system yeah and when they are comfortable they will become big uh, so that's uh, then we also tried many other strategies you know we like seed ball was one mm-hmm. uh, you know it's it's now very popular or very uh, kind of uh, what is it called you know um, methodology for rewilding people are using um, uh, for us seed, seed balls was not so successful you know okay. because we don't get we get 600 mm rains and most of these this rain comes in three showers and therefore the moisture regime never builds oh. for seeds to germinate you know yeah. on, their, on their own so we experimented in various places uh, with seed balls so we get we got some germination we also figured out few species that are that were uh, doing well compared to other species. But uh, lately what we have tried was uh, of scratching the surface and, you know, like most of the surface you see here is gravelly. You scratch the surface, put the seed and cover it up like tilling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, we, we got huge response in that. Trees, shrubs, all of them kind okay. of responded very well to this. Nice. And the challenge was that you are not going to irrigate it. So how it is going to take the winters, how it's going to take the summers, the harsh winter and the harsh harsh <coughs> summer. Mm-hmm. To my surprise, I'm very delighted to share with you that, that all those little saplings which germinated in last monsoon went through the phase of severe uh, winter and went through this uh, severe summer without any irrigation whatsoever mm-hmm. and survived. They're 
there there must be many many which must have died uh, but uh, there was a huge percentage which was surviving also so it could be maybe there is a learning from there if you put the right seeds in the landscape then you will get uh, much desirable okay. results Wow. So then, very briefly, could you tell me um, again, uh, you know, the transformation ecologically speaking, and also about the stakeholders of the park now? I mean, from being a barren land, it's now used by so many people. Of you know, so I want to know what's happening. So uh, we we have managed to add uh, 200 species. but now we have got little more ambitious as we as uh, we explore aravallis further mm-hmm. we get to see more species and therefore we want, we get more greedy and want to get those <laughs> species as well <laughs> so um it, what it has done rewilding has done is um i think in 2016 a few birders came to the park mm-hmm. and they were they were they were quite impressed with the bird population in the park and uh, many of them have been visiting this place but suddenly in 2016 there was a surge of bird diversity and populations and um, so so uh, you know if you if you know about ebirds which is yeah. a portal where you record where you record the birds uh, right. that you have seen in yeah. a particular site yeah uh, reports close to 176 species wow. in in the in the aravalli biodiversity park so let me tell you that there is no water body there is no perennial water body true it's a dry landscape it's very dry landscape it has grasses there it has you know we have more than 40 species of grasses there and it is pretty open forest and this kind of a forest uh, and the number of species that i've said 176 is pretty good very good yeah. amongst the best in this kind of a habitat you know so yeah so so bird population definitely diversity in population has uh, we are conducting a study there is genuine uh, mm-hmm. researchers who are doing studies and they have kind of reported back mm-hmm. how bird populations and diversity is uh, and they are doing a comparison with the unrestored site and they are the reports are showing that how restoration work at the park has uh, been immensely uh, useful for the bird diversity and population yeah. so any kind yeah, of diversity also. sorry just uh, shows that it's uh, getting a it's a healthy park now i mean yes we, healthy uh, yeah, yeah it's a healthy habitat now healthy habitat yeah uh, we we have also created plots we have also created uh, vegetation plots and we are trying to understand um, we are observing the growth of plants in those plots and uh, making note of them and uh, maybe culminate into a study where we can say that you know rewilding in aravalli landscape should be done in this particular way or that particular way right. after our study finds out you know mm-hmm. so a research a, a, a big big study is going undergoing mm-hmm. which is uh, which uh, hopefully a report in 5 years time will show us what we did right and uh, you know and what should be uh, what is uh, what is called you know uh, should be a protocol for rewilding right to re- in, replicate uh, in a easier way yeah yeah kind of module you know yeah so that's uh, yeah so that's what is happening um, our education programs are underway um, that's uh, another area of intervention that we are want to work on uh, more seriously more actively yeah. mm. so i don't know if i have answered your question uh, you did so let me tell you about the biodiversity 
uh, oh sorry in, top, yeah. in terms of animal population right. we have animal diversity we have nilgai uh, we have jackal we have porcupine we have jungle cat we have uh, mongooses monitor lizards many kinds of reptiles snakes of many kinds wow. uh, it's a thriving place for insect population yeah, and cool. people point to me that you know it, uh, that this this leaf is eaten that leaf is eaten <laughs> you know and i smile back and tell them that okay some someone's stomach got full right. <laughs> this question but you know in your article creating aravalli biodiversity park gurgaon you begin by saying there's a lot to take away from well intended mistakes we made so can you share your takeaway from that experience yes i mean well intentioned is uh, like to start with um, uh, planting right for instance um, you know planting there is a okay. big momentum at this stage in the country from uh, rally for the 
Vyasi, you know, at, um, that uh, uh, Isha Yoga Guru, uh, mm. Sadhguru, he, uh, their campaign of planting trees to, there, there are several organizations who are planting, who are swearing by planting trees, planting trees everywhere. So the intention is right, which is to, which is to overcome the pressure that we have created. Uh, so it's well-intentioned. Mm-hmm. But mistake because you cannot just plant. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. <coughs> you should plant right. Mm. It's not the number game. It's the creating of habitats. Mm. If you are planting all the plants on the riverbeds, then yeah. it is it is a it is a mistake. If you are planting trees which are not suitable for Ladakh or shrubs which are not suitable for Ladakh, it is a mistake. If you you know so so therefore you know so well intentioned but mistakes right. you know. So yeah. you, like like for instance desert. There is a whole, whole movement to convert the desert into woodland. Yeah. And uh, you can argue about which is better, but what is has to be understood and appreciated. That there is rich diversity in the desert. There is a huge movement to cover all our grasslands, which are remaining of the grasslands, into woodland. And one often forgets that you know, if you are protecting tiger, tiger, the yeah. prey base is from the from the grasslands, yeah, not from woodlands. You know, so so what I what I uh, in nutshell what I am trying to say is that intentions may be right, right, but these are mistakes if the whole understanding is not there. Yeah? Yeah. <clears throat> so, so, uh, so our our mistakes were uh, yeah. some of these, such as you know, uh, planting, just planting, to creating habitats, which became, which was a transformation for us. Then uh, appreciating, uh, you know, involvement of citizen, for instance, you know, yeah. uh, you don't want to, you don't want to alienate the local community. You have to, they should be participant in the in the in the whole. Uh, venture right. and uh, and you cannot ignore that true so it will fight back yeah yeah we're running out of time so i'm going to quickly ask you a few more questions uh, mm-hmm. what are you you're done with this right so what what are you working on um now so um I'm, I, this uh, Ravli Biodiversity Park is not done yet. Okay. In terms of rewilding, yes, we yes. are. We have to conduct many, many more studies mm-hmm. in the park. We are working on uh, citizens' interaction with this place. Yeah. So, which means programs with the with the citizens' children. Yeah. That's the best. Uh, that's another area. Then, inter, uh, then interpretation is another big area that we want to work with. Okay. Work on. <clears throat> In the park, so we are not done done yet. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, so I have other projects. Like I'm, I'm also part of another project of Ayamurgaon, which is to rewild a five-kilometer bund, oh, okay. uh, which was uh, created uh, by the British to mm-hmm. to protect the villages from flash floods. Yeah. And uh, with the urbanization, they were all encroached upon or um, lost their meaning mm-hmm. uh, because it every, everything on the upstream side right. or uh, right on the slopes was was colonized, was you know urbanized. So, um, uh, forest department gave this project to Iron Woodown to create a corridor forest oh. uh, in at a stretch of about five kilometers, five by two kilometers. Okay. So. So we are working on rewilding that stretch. <coughs> Almost done. Mm-hmm. Then uh, one of the one of the very very important projects for me to learn on is, mm-hmm. to, is, is in is in Jaipur, which is um, here we are not creating woodland, 
here we are not creating jungle but we are creating a jungle of <coughs> sand dunes which is Ooh. which is which is not which is not a uh, woodland yeah. yeah. So we're creating grass, grasslands and shrublands in close to uh, 300 acres in Jaipur. Uh, this is uh, this land again, is uh, hmm. abutting Nahargad sanctuary, and the idea is to celebrate the, the plant community that you find on a dune, sand dune. Mm-hmm. These are old dunes and okay. have, are very settled. They are not shifting sand dunes. They are settled sand dunes, but they're plant community is very different I so we imagine, yeah. so we are, we, we are re- rewilding with a different intent which is to create a shrubland and grassland okay. depicting the flora of uh, those sand dunes yeah so those are the projects that I'm currently working on it all sounds uh, huge and amazing and just very promising my question was if you had to do it all over again would you but you are doing you're doing the same thing in, in a different um, landscape yeah so, it's very interesting because see every time you take up a project like this yeah um, it's a new journey. Yeah. It, of course, you have learned a lot, like like nursery creation and plant. You know, there is yeah. also a movement now. Now, more and more people are asking for native plants, yeah. and uh, you can see that forest nurseries have also increased uh, growing native plants. So, sourcing plants have become easier. Yeah. <clears throat> At least some species have become easier than others. Okay. Uh, yeah. So the so it is every project is new. And uh, I think one has to uh, one has to appreciate and get excited about it. Uh, with the like, I'm, I get very I get very you know uh, iffy uh, at the start of the project. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, it, it's 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 a sweet combination of right. um, uh, you know the ability to do it and the nervousness of doing it. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it is exciting. To say I think, but your passion exciting. takes over, and that's obvious now. <laughs> so then, uh, I was wondering if you'd mind sharing a conservation term or scientific word that you think is significant, or something that you like that is meaningful for you. So, have it been done this rewilding? Or do you ah, think? <laughs> actually, it is. I think rewilding, uh, rewilding is is important uh, as a vocabulary because then it it takes away, you know, uh, it kind of, it ha- has its own direction, you know, it has its own momentum, right. rewilding. Yeah. So you'll have to, uh, so it's not, it's not ornamental uh, garden path, but rewilding. So it yeah. is all inclusive of the different, uh, it is inclusive of the plant community, animals, insects, birds, you know, higher plants, lower plants, all of that. So... So I it's think true. it's a sweet word. <laughs> it is a sweet and word and it's a nice word for everyone to know, yes, especially and, in and an urban landscape. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. If we can rewind whatever gardens we have, mm. we'll give a different meaning to the city life. Spaces. Right, yes, it's yeah. amazing. It's been such an interesting and educational talk and thank you so much. <laughs> thank you, thank you very much for inviting me. Oh, my pleasure. I, I feel privileged that uh, you know one can share uh, this small story of the Ravi Biodiversity Park. There are people there doing incredible work in terms of saving the forest, uh, <coughs> protecting the forest and the forest communities, species, and all. Um, we are doing a little bit in the urban landscapes. No, it's huge. It's not and, little bit. <laughs> Hope you're enjoying the conversations about conservation. Stay inspired, subscribe to Heart of Conservation podcast for regular news, 
Views and updates from the world of conservation.